The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. My name is Galen McDowell. And I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where we teach people how to live better lives, where we teach people the principles for better living, where we teach people how to discover the power within themselves, and we give them the practical techniques that they can use to help transform their experiences. Christ Universal Temple was founded in 1956 by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, and the senior minister for Christ Universal Temple is the Reverend Derek B. Wells. Make sure you check us out when you're in Chicago. We would love to see you. And if you're outside of the Chicago area, you can check out our live stream of our Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time on www.cutemple.org. That's cutemple.org. Or stop by our Wednesday evening service, Bible 365. Today's show is a continuation of Genesis, the creative process. We're doing eight shows on the seven steps uh, of the creative process or the seven days in Genesis chapter one. By studying the seven days, we're actually studying the mental processes needed to transform any experience by bringing an idea into manifestation. Just a reminder, as we work through the process of this creative process, the first thing we did was we said, let there be light. And that represents illumination. In other words, the consciousness has that as the cartoons would have light bulb moment when we have uh, a revelation that allows us to move forward. That illumination, that light allows us to see differently, perceive differently, act and react differently because we are seeing life differently. The idea gives birth to new beginnings. So the first thing we have to have is light as we go forward. Uh, As the scripture says in the Bible, um, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Now, We're also dealing with the second day, which was faith. 
let there be a dome in the midst of the sky to separate the waters from the waters. And we explained that in great detail, so I'm not going to do that again. But after we have uh, the light, then we have to have faith to be able to work with bringing the invisible into the visible, working and shaping substance, perceiving good, the ability to work with ideas. So we have to have faith to do that. Then we worked with imagination. And imagination is, can we clearly see, can we clearly see what it is that we desire? Or has the imagination been shaped or given the impression by spirit of the dream, of the goal? And can we clearly see it? Because imagination is let the dry lands appear. In other words, out of all of this water, out of all this potential, there has to be now something that comes together in shape and form. In the mind, that's imagination. Then we talked about the fourth day, which is uh, the greater light and the lesser light. And the greater light represents understanding or spiritual understanding. And the moon represents the will. Now, how I explained that was that spiritual understanding has light, etc. But the moon. So it is the job of the moon or the will to reflect sunlight or spiritual understanding. So when the will is going on and doing things without spiritual understanding, many times it gets us in trouble because we can be very willful instead of willing. We can be very willful in the sense of wanting our way no matter what, no matter what damage it or whatever our appetites are, or et cetera, et cetera. We just go forward and we do what we want to do. And we don't follow any level of the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And because of that, what what ends up happening is many times we create situations that we have to pray about later. So it's better to use spiritual understanding and allow the will to carry it out because nothing gets carried out without the will. You don't get out of your chair without the will to do it. So the will is very important. We're just saying from a new thought perspective that the will must be spiritualized. It cannot function at the personal human level of consciousness because if it does, that creates a whole nother conversation completely. So we have to be in the space of saying, not my will, your will be done, God. Not my will, your will be done. Now, that gets us to today. And today we'll be talking about ideas of discrimination and discernment. And I will read the text. And it says in Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 20 and ending at verse 23. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let them And let birds multiply on the earth. 
and there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. Now, as we're studying Genesis, the creative process, one of the things that I keep emphasizing is we're not studying the first chapter of Genesis from a literal standpoint. I'm not proposing that the first chapter of Genesis is literal, nor am I arguing for any other interpretation. What I'm saying is that when we look at it from the metaphysical standpoint, based upon the New Thought tradition, it gives us clues on how to bring forth manifestation, bringing an idea into manifestation. That's why we call it the creative process. Now, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky, etc., etc. This is representative of, of ideas and thoughts that that are available to us to help bring forth the manifestation of the idea. Now, when it says let the waters bring forth, the waters represent the unlimited potential or possibilities. And the living creatures in the waters and the birds in the sky all represent thoughts, ideas, concepts, archetypes within our own consciousness. So when we actually give a breakdown when it talks about swarms of living creatures, many times it's talking about fish. Metaphysically, fish represents ideas that multiply quickly. You know how all of a sudden you just have one idea and all of a sudden, you know, dozens of ideas will come with it out of nowhere. It's like, man, I can't get this fast enough. Have you ever had a situation where you had to stop and just start writing down because the ideas were coming so swiftly or, you know, stopping put it on a voicemail or what I do. I actually call my direct work number and leave myself messages because if the ideas are coming too quickly, I don't want to lose them. And because they swarm, literally, if you don't get them all or most of them, most of the time, they don't come back. It's sort of like it's a moment after you've done your prayer work, after you've done contemplating, meditating, thinking on something deeply, out of nowhere, you could be driving your car, you can be doing some work, you could be mowing the grass. All of a sudden, ideas will just start coming and coming and coming. You could be watching the news. All of a sudden, ideas start coming and coming. These things are coming out of your unlimited potential. I'm going to read something from Eric Butterworth. This is out of the book, The Creative Life, page 88. He states that... <clears throat> The fifth day of creation represents the process evolving. Waters refer to the unexpressed capacities of the mind, your potentialities. The living creatures are the dynamic thoughts in the mind. Swarming indicates the supportive activity of mind, the creative proliferation of multitudes of thoughts and ideas. Waters can also be a metaphor for energy. We live, move, and have our being in a vast sea of energy. This has been confirmed by the world of science, the world of physics. Everything is energy moving at different frequencies. And that energy always gets synchronized with a frequency of like kind. Your thoughts, your ideas are energy. Infinite mind, everywhere present, is the highest frequency of energy in which all things exist as complete. When you see the creative process clearly, 
your ideas will get synchronized with the energy of the same frequency, multiplying in like kind. This is the swarming process. He goes on to say, it is the nature of mind for an idea to attract swarms of supportive and expansive thoughts. The problem is that we often find this troubling, but just when a dry land image is taking place and we are beginning to understand how to achieve our gold, our heads race and it appears that our minds are running amok. Suddenly, when we most need perfect concentration, there's only confusion. At these times, it is critical to remember that the swarming of living creatures is part of the process. Now, what he's simply saying is this. When you have an idea and you start to work on, say, for instance, a goal, a dream or whatever, you get to a point to where all supporting ideas just start to come so quickly, so fast that it seems like a swarm. And we're working for something to be orderly, but it seems as though around us, not only in mind, but also in experience, it seems to be a lot of moving parts. These are the this is the energy shifting around you. This is the consciousness shifting around you. This is the universal substance being shaped around you. Because when you change in consciousness and you start to have processes going on in consciousness, then those things have to reflect in the outer. To paraphrase Emmett Fox, we pray to God for change, for our lives to be transformed. He says, and then the things that we thought were solid start to go haywire some of the other things that we thought were pretty rock solid also do the same and we pray to god to stop the shaking because it seems though the, the, the floor is falling in on us and it's god is doing the shaking because for things to really be transformed we're not dressing stuff up we're actually breaking the old consciousness down and rebuilding a new one to do that you need swarms of ideas supporting the main idea. It's like a tree that has branches, that has fruit, with seeds to produce more trees, with more branches, with more fruit, with seeds in them, that produces more trees, with more branches, with more fruit, with seeds in them, etc., etc., etc. Because one seed is the beginning of a forest. And one idea or one thought can be the beginning of a new state of consciousness. So we have to realize that the swarming of ideas is a part of the process. And what may seem chaotic in the moment is only life reshaping itself around your new consciousness. I hope this makes sense. Because what we're trying to do is help you realize as you start working with ideas that you're going to have ideas moving in and out from possibility into your consciousness. You're going to have things like Grace Seamoss, these large ideas, big ideas uh, that are, that come up to support the dream and the goal. You're going to have birds, which are lofty thoughts, elevated thoughts. In other words, thoughts that 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 don't uh, normally show up in your normal levels of consciousness because they're above regular levels of human consciousness. 
So when you get into your spiritual space, you start noticing that you'll start having more and more lofty thoughts because the lofty thoughts are only, uh, um, what's the word I want to use, available when you have the consciousness to recognize them. So, and then we start talking about uh, God saw that it was good, that God saw that the thinking process is good, which we're going to talk about in, uh, after the break, the thinking process and what that means. What is an idea? What is the thinking process? What is thought? We're going to really kind of cover that in great detail because what we want to do is as we work through the process of bringing an idea into manifestation, you're going to need supplementary ideas, supplementary thoughts, supplementary beliefs to bring forth manifestation. So it is clear, at least to me, that we're always doing this, but we don't always realize what it is that we're doing. We're always working with swarms of thoughts. You can be working on your computer and all of a sudden or writing a paper for your schoolwork or doing a proposal for work. And all of a sudden, ideas will just start flowing. You're like, wow, where are all these ideas coming from? You are open and receptive. And at that open and receptive moment, the soul starts to to become awakened to the pouring of spirit pouring into it to be expressed out. Now, again, we're not talking about aspects of you that are different. The spirit is you, the soul is you, and the body is you because you're a threefold being, spirit, soul, body. Now, I would love to hear from you. So if you have the opportunity, please give me a call at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Give me a call. I would like to hear from you. Also, I want to remind you that this station is supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, please freely give. We want to make sure that this station is available to anyone who wants to learn principles that will transform their lives so they can learn about their spirituality and their own oneness with God. Everybody doesn't have the opportunity of having a a new thought or a consciousness development program, church or center around them. So they rely on the internet to get what they need for their own soul growth and expansion. Also, Unity Online Radio is having a cruise. You can log on to unity.fm forward slash cruise or click on the icon on the website. Uh, Check out the information and let them know that Reverend McDowell sent you. You can also call 800-828-4813. 800-828-4813. Let them know again that Reverend McDowell sent you and go on the site. Take a look at what other people are teaching. I'm teaching New Thought Jesus and you and it is, will be uh, uh, an explanation of New Thought principles, how we give metaphysical alternatives to quote unquote traditional Christian doctrines. I think you would enjoy it. So when we come back from the break, please give me a call at Truth transforms. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. 
Have you ever experienced the silence? If you're someone who balks at the idea of spending extended time in silence, and the very thought of it makes you say, I could never do that, then we have the perfect retreat to make a convert of you. Join Reverend Paulette Pipe for the Touching the Stillness Retreat, October 4th through the 7th, 2012 at Unity Village. Being in the silence is easier than you think and more rewarding than you can imagine. Beginners and advanced meditators alike will be enriched as together we co-create a safe, sacred environment that incorporates just the right amount of soul-nourishing prayer and meditation practices to usher us deeper and deeper into the silence. Not only will you likely achieve a transformative experience of the divine, but once you've touched the stillness, you may wish for even more time to hush and listen. Reverend Paulette Pipe, host of the Touching the Stillness program on Unity Online Radio, invites you to explore the silence with her during the Touching the Stillness retreat, October 4th through the 7th, 2012. Make your reservation for this retreat now. Go to touchingthestillness.org and click on Calendar. That's touchingthestillness.org. There is hope that is growing. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more tan. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Back to Transforms. We are discussing the fifth day of the creative process, the fifth day in the Genesis creation story, the first creation story in chapter one. And we're discussing discrimination and, excuse me, discrimination and discernment and how swarms of of ideas work and what i want to make sure that you get out of this process is that you are a thinking being and your thinking creates your experience and it's really important to realize how that process works and it works at several levels i want to read something from william warch out of how to use your 12 gifts from god this is in a chapter on judgment he says The other purpose of your incredible gift of judgment is the drawing upon spirit for guidance. 
Consciousness building comes through choice making and you do not grow spiritually until your choices are based on spiritual guidance. Spiritual guidance is constantly offered you from within. And when you deal with outer things based upon this inner instruction, it is called using good judgment. In dealing with outer things and conditions spiritually, there are three stages you go through very quickly. These are discernment, evaluation, and decision making. Discernment allows you to separate the various factors involved. Situations in life can be very complex and overwhelming, and your judgment faculty will give you the ability to discern the difference among them. This sorting of facts prevents you from being emotionally swayed by appeal of the senses. Evaluation is the next step in using good judgment. Now that your discernment has separated the facts, you can evaluate them. It is important to give proper value to the various aspects of a situation or else your emotions will rule. Emotion and appeal are not the same thing as good judgment in themselves. Good judgment is when you see things in perspective and can make decisions based upon the priorities of your consciousness development. For example, a person may want to buy a particular new house. The buying of a new house is a complicated endeavor with persuasion and emotional appeal often involved. When something gets too complicated, you don't know which way to turn, which choice to make. This is the point where you must steal yourself to your divine gift of judgment. The moment you do, things begin to clear up as up to where you can evaluate the various factors such as price, size, location, nearby parks, and so on. Then you can make a choice based upon good judgment so that you can come to a decision. Once you decide what is right for you or what is wrong for you, you can make choices. And remember, consciousness building comes through choice making. If you are not making choices based upon spiritual guidance, you're probably in turmoil over indecision and emotional confusion. Now, what does this have to do with swarms of ideas and thoughts? Because anytime you're working with bringing an idea, a goal, or dream in a manifestation, you're going to have a lot of opportunities for other aspects of your consciousness to become involved, whether that's the emotions and the gamut of what emotions can be, anger, joy, frustration, um, you know, envy, all type of things can come up in that process. So while you're going through the process, while you're having sometimes swarms of thoughts and lofty ideas, you can also have some swarms of some other thoughts that can come up as well. When you want to go forward, all of a sudden you're getting swarmed with some of the negativity that resides in consciousness. So it's important to be able to evaluate, discern, and make firm Decision making, because when you do that, what it allows you to do is be able to continue to go forward. This is what it means to discriminate. You have to learn effectively how to choose what is for your highest good and what is not. And again, this doesn't mean that you're rejecting something or someone. It is only I'm only saying. You have to know what is best for you. And the only way to truly do that is to become still enough mentally to contact the inner wisdom and allow 
the spirit of God, the wisdom within you, your own wisdom and judgment faculty to make those choices because people will always present things to you. And sometimes your own mind will present conversations. And a lot of those conversations are based upon nonsense and fear that will sidetrack you from your dream or your goal if you let it. So don't let the swarms of negativity in your own mind sway you. You have to learn how to discriminate thoughts. You have to learn how to discriminate feelings, emotions, and attitudes. You have to learn how to discriminate with your own memories. What are you allowing to continually play back in your mind? Again, discriminate has been uh, used in this day and time um, to promote, you know, racism and prejudices and biases and all that. But you have to learn how to discriminate for your own life. And again, not discriminate by saying something is bad. A person could want you to do something or become a part of a business uh, venture that's not for your highest good. So you have to discriminate. That's not for me. You have to discriminate when people want you to uh, partake in uh, behaviors or actions that are not consistent with where you say you're going. You have to learn how to discriminate. You have to discriminate around from people sometimes who are not going in the same direction. None of them make them bad. It doesn't mean that we have any ill will towards anyone. But some people aren't healthy enough to be in our lives. And if that's the case, we have to discriminate in the sense that we have to let that go because we have to stay true to our thinking process. What this process is, is meaning that you're actually doing thinking. And one of the things that you'll notice out of this day that was different from the other days is God blessed this day. I just called it forth. He blessed the creation at, at this level where he actually stated and God blessed them. Now, what does this mean? To bless means to invoke good upon something. So the thinking process is good, and it was created to promote good in our experience. Because the scripture says in verse 22, God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. Which is basically saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let these ideas fill up your potential and possibilities. Let these lofty thoughts Fill up your manifestation, your earth. See, you got to bless the thinking process by knowing that as you think, as you contemplate, as you image, as you work with what we call thinking and thought, that it will bless you with the manifestation or the contemplation of your thinking. Now, one of the things that we say about thinking is that it is the movement of ideas and consciousness. But I want to go and work with uh, this at a deeper level. In The Revealing Word uh, by Charles Fillmore, uh, he defines thinking as the formulating process of mind. I want to just stop right there. The formulating process of mind. So in other words, if I wanted to show up in form, I have to work with it in mind because things are formed originally in mind that reminds me of a book that's out of print now but it's an excellent book by jack addington called psychogenesis everything begins in the mind now so when i want to formulate something i need to work with my own thought 
he goes on to say the thinking faculty is the inlet and outlet of all your ideas. It is active, zealous, impulsive, but not always wise. His nature is to think and think it will. If you are ignorant of your office, a prince in the house of David, David and stand meekly by it and let it think unsifted thoughts, your thinking faculty will prove an unruly servant. In other words, you, you are spirit and you have a mind. Your mind doesn't have you. But see, many times people are controlled and even driven by their own thoughts, their own beliefs, their own appetites, their own sensations, their own memories. See, but that's an unruly servant. In other words, he says that you are not supposed to let your mind think anything. That's what unsifted thoughts mean. You're not supposed to let your mind think anything. It's really important that you know that you can take control of your mind. Now, when you give somebody else control of your mind, that also means that you can take it back. So if you're letting somebody else do the thinking for you, that doesn't have to be the case because that's not how you were created. He goes on to say in the definition, the thinking faculty makes you a free agent because it is your creative center. And in and through this one power, you establish your consciousness, you build your world. Now, through thinking, you, you establish your consciousness, and consciousness builds your world. So you can't have a different world. You can't have a different experience without having different thoughts. That's deep. He says, through the volition of this faculty or misuse, you can refuse to receive ideas from Christ, which is your true nature. You can cut yourself away from the realm of original truth or from the illusionary universe in which you are or from the illusionary universe in which you are forever unraveling tangled ends and chasing shadows. So what does this mean? When we don't think in alignment with spirit and truth and allow the thinking process to be filled with the divine ideas of spirit, which we'll talk about momentarily, we're always wrestling with our own shadows of mind and we're always untangling, unraveling situations and experiences that we created with adulterated thinking. What is adulterated thinking? Adulterated thinking is when we start to mix spiritual thoughts which are a part of our true nature with thoughts that are not in alignment with truth. And what does that mean? They're not based upon love. They're not based upon wisdom. They're not based upon understanding. They're not based upon goodwill. They're not not based upon integrity. Now, he goes on to say, be no longer a slave to the thinking faculty. Command it to be still and know. He's saying, you can command your mind. How can you do that? Because you have the ability to think about what you're thinking about. Think about that. You have the ability to think about what you think about. In other words, your awareness has awareness that it's aware. So if you can think about what you think about, 
Now, who's doing that thinking? See, that's why you're not a slave to your mind unless you choose to be. You know, people say, I just got mad and it just happened. Or I just, whatever. No. Thinking controls every process, even if it seems like it's instantaneous. Even if a person has some level of instability. Their instability is thinking. And maybe working it out of the process of impulse. But impulse was created by some thought. Now, thought, according to the revealing word, is a product of thinking. A mental vibration or impulse. What that is simply saying is, thought is mental energy. So every time you think, you are creating energy. You are producing energy. He goes on to say, each thought is an identity that has a central ego around which all its elements revolve. Thoughts are capable of expressing themselves. So once a thought is given character by the thinker, by, excuse me, character by the thinker, once a thought has been given character by the thinker, it takes on that identity and it continues to carry out its original nature. In other words, whatever the nature of the thought given to about a thinker, it will do it. It's sort of like a soldier. I use this example in class of a, 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 a Japanese soldier whose plane was shot down in Okinawa. And after World War II was over, he was still on the island when he saw ships coming up, United States ships, because they were obviously um, occupying to an extent some of the uh, areas that were uh, under uh, Japanese control. So as the ships are coming in, he has his gun and he's ready to fight because in his mind, he's still at war because that was his mission. And, and he was never pulled back from his mission and reassigned. Well, you can have a thought about somebody from 25 years ago and see them now, even though you haven't seen them 25 years ago, and the thoughts that you thought about them then will pull up now and have you act and speak in ways or feel certain things, even though that happened 25 years ago, because those thoughts never change. See, it is the thinker's, the thought's job to express itself. That's why it has to go out and find experiences or attract experiences, is a better term, that are consistent with its nature. So if you're thinking certain type of thoughts, those thoughts then become magnetic and they attract experiences that are consistent with the character of the thought. This is why we say thoughts are things. Thoughts are things. Because they reproduce themselves. They attract like experiences to themselves. He says, Fillmore goes on to say, every thought clothes itself in a life form according to the character given it by the thinker. The form is simply the conclusion of the thought. Now, what does clothes mean? Clothes means form. So every thought clothes itself in, with the character given to it by the thinker. So how do we control thought? One of the ways we control thought in new thought theology is through affirmation and denial, the power of the mind to accept and reject, to say yes and no. 
Another way we control thought is through prayer. Another way we control thought is through study because when we understand how to think according to principle, we're actually having our mind contemplate new things. And when your mind is contemplating new things, it gives you different opportunities to have swarms of thought that support the new idea. So you control your mind by saying yes and you control your mind by saying no. It's kind of that simple. Now, we're going to uh, quickly uh, take a break. I want to make sure that I hear from you. Give me a call. Um, I know I'm teaching some good stuff, but I would love to hear from you. Call 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transform. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening? What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do. It's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Back to Truth Transforms. We're talking about ideas of discrimination and uh, evaluation, also ideas of swarming uh, uh, swarming ideas that support the good that you want to manifest in your life. We're covering the fifth day of the creative process in Genesis chapter one. And I want to read an, another quote from how to use the 12 gifts from God from by William Warch, because I think it's important as we start talking about swarms of living creatures and all possibilities and things of that nature. At times we might evaluate wrong or we might have a situation where um, we have an opportunity to um, have to clean up some mistakes. And I want to make sure that you don't allow that to be an issue as you're going through working with your idea. He says on page, well, this is 26 of the old book. I don't know if it's how it is in the new book. As of yet, 
you do not exercise perfect judgment, but you are in the process of learning how. It is perfectly natural to make mistakes along the way. But mistake making is an area where you have to be careful about mixing the use of judgment and judgment making with negative emotions. It is damaging to judge yourself over using poor judgment. This is called regret. As you know, regret is a feeling of loss and sorrow and can result in self-condemnation and punishment. You must remember that your intuition is a guidance system, a system that gives you direction as to which way to go. It does not give you concrete black and white answers. It is vital that you become involved in the process of following this guidance, learning to turn left and then right. No turn or choice is actually a mistake. It is a sign to change direction in order to remain on course. If you declare one of your adjustments as a regretful mistake, you stop growing. Feeling sorry and lamenting stops your growth. Just as Lot's wife sorrowfully looked back at her past and became a pillar of salt, you too will become immobilized with regret. It is important to release so-called mistakes and name them valuable experiences. Regret is a crippler to consciousness development. Remember, a good, honest mistake is still a forward motion. It takes faith to trust your judgment. It also takes strength to stick with good judgment when appearances would distract you. It is important to steal yourself toward your Christ self daily, allowing faith, strength, and good judgment to fill you to overflowing. Otherwise, you are not equipped to meet challenges that will ask you to grow and stretch. Decide every day to communicate with God. That is good judgment. Now, so as we're talking about these ideas, judgment, and evaluation, decision making, that's one level that we're calling discrimination. And then we're also talking about how these ideas multiply. That once we learn how to discriminate and really work with ideas. Now, for instance, you can have a million great ideas and they can all be ideas of good. But even in the midst of that, you have to discriminate because you're not going to work with all of the ideas. At one time, again, remember that if you have a goal or a dream or outcome that you're trying to produce, that means that you have to learn to discriminate and work with the ideas that will help produce that. You know, uh, sometimes we can be, uh, you know, be a jack of all trades and master of none in the mind that we have a lot of information, but not necessarily formalized information that that gets us from point A to point B. You know, it's sort of like um, um, I read somewhere where somebody was talking about uh, people who, and this is not a knot, people who go on shows like Jeopardy, who have a lot of information. But that information is not necessarily something that produces a, a better life or a transformed experience. You know, having a lot of data, having a lot of history, having a lot of information, uh, 
does not necessarily mean that you have a transformed consciousness because if it's not being utilized, focused, and centered in a particular direction, then it's not necessarily benefiting a person. You can be the smartest person at your job. You can be the smartest person in your family. And I'm using that, obviously, with quotation marks around them. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you that you can be the that you will be the top producer because you're the smartest or the sharpest. The top producer is the person that can take what he or she knows, put it in a system that works, and produce desired results. You know, anytime we're around anyone that hasn't discriminated the swarm of thinking, the swarm of thoughts, what ends up happening is when they try to communicate, uh, they come across as confused. So even though you have the swarm, you have to pull those swarms in, figure out the ideas that you want to work with to support your main ideas, and then go forward. In other words, you contemplate, you reflect, you streamline, you put stuff together. In other words, it's no different than putting a house together. Um, you got to put the rooms in, you got to put the basement in, you got to put the upstairs in, where am I going to put the doors, where am I going to put the windows. When you're working with an idea, you're doing all of this stuff. That's why we're going through days because the days represent the mental steps that are necessary to work out a thing. Again, we only have about five minutes left, and I want to make sure if anybody wanted to talk to me or ask a question, you do. Uh, you have the opportunity to do so. You can call it 888-558-6489. Now, to wrap all of this up, you have complete dominion over your mind even if you don't know that right now, even if you're not exercising that dominion right now, you can tell your mind what to think. You can tell your mind what to believe. You can tell your mind how to feel. You can tell your mind, I don't want to think about that. I want to think about this. You can tell your mind, I want to focus on this. I don't want to focus on that. You have complete dominion over your mind. As the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, the founder of Christ Universal Temple, used to say when she was active in ministry, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought, that makes the thing, end quote. In other words, I am in charge of my own mind. Not even God can make you think what you don't want to think. You're that powerful. No one can make you think what you don't want to think. Now, you can accept thoughts, whether that's God's ideas or somebody else's thoughts. But you are in control. This is why when people say, well, um, you know, they manipulated me. Yes, but we allow manipulation because nobody can control your mind. No one can control your mind. Now, when it, what, then you might ask, well, how can people manipulate us? When we don't know who we are and when we don't know we have control, we have an unruly mind, an undisciplined mind, an unfocused mind. Therefore, 
a person with a stronger will can dominate our thought processes. Or a person with a uh, charismatic personality can blind us to what's actually going on when we don't know who we are. It's not because they're more powerful than anyone else. It's because they know how to use their stuff to get what they want. Now, everybody who uses their stuff is not trying to get something that's always holistic and and uh, for the good of all. Some people are using the power of their will and their charisma and um, you know and their words to bring about the manifestation of inharmonious things. But it's still a principle. So it works. Some people are creating thought atmospheres that the moment you come in their space, you manipulate it by what they're projecting. But when your thought atmosphere, that which you have built up as a consciousness enters the room, it shouldn't be dominated by somebody else's. You should be strong enough that when you come going in other people's space, that you don't become a pawn to their thinking process. There are people right now being trained to manipulate your thought. That's what marketing and advertising is. People are being paid millions of dollars every minute to manipulate what you wear, what you drive, how you live, what you eat, what you drink, how you vote, etc. and etc. You have to know that you have control over your mind and it is your job to exercise that mastery, authority, and dominion. Only you can do it. It's important that you realize that, that you have complete control over your mind's ability to say yes and no. And Jesus says, let your speech be yes, yes, or no, no. Because what you say yes to, you're inviting in your life. And what you say no to, you are repelling. It doesn't make a difference you're saying yes to your good or, or yes to nonsense. It doesn't make a difference if you're saying no to your good or no to nonsense. What you say yes to, you attract. And what you say no to, you repel. Now, that being said, we're about to run out of time. So I want to thank you all and, again, invite you to stop by Christ Universal Temple when you have the opportunity. Uh, or check out the live stream at www.cutemple.org. Also, remember that this station is supported by your donations, so please freely give. And make sure you check out the Unity Online radio crews and let them know that Reverend McDowell uh, sent you. Um, love you all, even if though I've never see, seen many of you. But I love you in spirit. Go forward, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary. 
that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music Speaks Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm. 